This is The Faithful Expositor, a podcast from the preaching and teaching ministry of Pastor Jonathan Sims of Shepherdville Mills Baptist Church. Welcome to another edition of The Faithful Expositor. I'm your host, Brother Joe Carpenter, and once again, I'm here in the studio today on this cold, wintry day with Brother John O. Sims. How are you doing today, brother? Doing good, Brother Joe. Mm-hmm. Uh, glad to be here. Glad to be up and going for the Lord today. You know, typically our Mondays are kind of mush brain days. Yes. And I'd say even more so for today because yesterday was such a jam-packed day for yep. us. Yep. I know Ryan and I were here at about 6.30 in the morning and yep. didn't leave until almost 9 o'clock at night. Right. And uh, But what a wonderfully fruitful day. Yeah. Uh, that's kind of what I wanted us to talk about a little bit today with right. some of the events around that. And yeah. specifically today, we're going to talk about an ordination council that we held. And kind of as a byproduct of that, we wanted to talk a little bit about cooperation among uh, churches. Sure. But let's talk a little bit just first and foremost about the ordination council. And before we get into is this biblical, which we definitely want to address, let's just talk about who it was for. Yesterday, we had the privilege of hosting an ordination council between three cooperating churches involved for Brother Brock Kilburn and, of course, his wife, Ashley Kilburn. Um, He was voted yesterday to be the new pastor of Liberty Grove Baptist Church down in Loretto, Tennessee. And Brock has come up among the ranks here in Shelbyville Mills Baptist Church. Um, I believe he was converted uh, in and through and around the preaching ministry of this church. and uh, his wife is a godly, godly woman and truly going to be a sweet pastor's wife. But let's talk a little bit about, I guess, how we got there with Brock and how how on earth do you have an ordination council with three different churches? Yeah. <laughs> um, one backdrop to this story that I think everybody listening to help them connect some dots. And you talk, there's multiple miracles yes. going on here. But Liberty Grove Baptist Church, for those that follow our podcast will remember, Mm -hmm. is the church where Pastor Jeff Putnam served for 20 years. Mm -hmm. And Brother Jeff died fairly uh, suddenly of COVID. And uh, the church called me and asked me to preach his funeral. And I think we dedicated a podcast to Jeff in his honor and memory. Mm -hmm. A godly pastor, faithfully shepherded the church for 20 years and... um, Truthfully, brother, when I preached that funeral for them and even well beyond, because I think we're five and a half months on the other side of that, you know, Brock never even crossed my mind yeah. about being a candidate mm-hmm. uh, for the pastorate of their church. Mm-hmm. And it's just been a miracle to see how God has brought all that together. Mm-hmm. But because they um, called him to be their pastor, they, of course, and rightly so, reached out to us as his home church, mm-hmm. uh, requesting you know that he be ordained, mm-hmm. um, officially recognized and set apart, you know, for the full-time gospel ministry. Mm-hmm. And so yesterday was the beginning of that process, mm-hmm. and that we hosted an ordination council is what we called it, and Shelbyville Mills, and um, Liberty Grove Baptist and Christ Baptist Church were all together in that meeting. Mm-hmm. The reason Christ Baptist was there, David Brown uh, was my associate pastor here of 18 years, and mm-hmm. we planted that church in Murfreesboro, and David is the pastor there. And when Brock began to sense God's call on his life and clearly articulated that to the leadership of our church and to this body and to their church, Brother David approached me about Brock getting some ministerial experience by serving at Christ Baptist with him. Mm -hmm. And so for the last um, two years, year and a half, two years, or is it longer than that? Uh, I know Christ Baptist has been a church now for, I think, three to four years. Yeah. And I want to say Brock's maybe been there for three years now. Maybe. I could be wrong. Yeah, I, I think, think he said, stated it last night. So two years plus, mm-hmm. Brock has been operating in the capacity at Christ Baptist as an associate pastor, mm-hmm. um, 
helping Brother David preach the word. He yep. preaches in Brother David's absence, uh, preaches sometimes in David's presence. Mm-hmm. And he's preached here multiple times on Sunday nights, Wednesday nights, as there's been opportunity. And it's just been a joy to watch Brock mm-hmm. grow. Um, his testimony itself is amazing. I wish he was here to share it. Amen. But it's just obvious that God has called him to preach. Mm-hmm. Everyone can see that. It's obvious that he is gifted to preach the word. God has equipped him to do that. I believe God is equipping him, which is a lifetime process of mm-hmm. being a senior pastor, a, a, a preaching pastor of, of God's church. And so that culminated last night in those three churches coming together mm-hmm. for a thorough mm-hmm. examination time of Brock's salvation, mm-hmm. of his calling, and of his qualification, mm-hmm. according to 1 Timothy 3 and Titus 1, mm-hmm. to be a pastor of Liberty Grove Baptist Church. And I just want to say that, brother, we took that very, very serious, as mm-hmm. we would baptismal counseling, oh, yeah. or membership counseling, mm-hmm. or crisis counseling, or any other type of biblical counseling that we do. Mm-hmm. This would be very, very high on the serious level. Absolutely. This is high and holy. Very. I, I mentioned to my wife when I got home, I said, too, it, it, it almost became a worship time. It was. It I really told was. Kayla it was like revival. It was. Um, before we get too far into the actual ordination itself and the, the questionnaire mm. and the questioning and all yeah. that took place there, I was just thinking as you were speaking about this with Brock, coming up through the ranks here. Yes. And just something that you and I have talked about many times about that is the prescribed method that the Lord gives us for training up pastors. It has to be in and through the local church. It's not relegated to a seminary. The seminary in some ways, you know, fulfills a role of helping with some theological training and some history and exegetical tools. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some seminaries that do a very good job at that, mm-hmm. some not so much. Um, but none of that can supplant the local church. And right. as a matter of fact, in a healthy church, even those things can be taught, mm-hmm. and which is what we're doing through the Pastoral Training Institute. Mm-hmm. It's what we're doing here at Shelbyville Mills when uh, we mentor young men for the ministry. Mm-hmm. We've been doing that for years here, too, and we give them theological training as well. That's right. So there's just no substitute for the local church. And long before there were seminaries, there was a church. And the church was and is completely sufficient Mm -hmm. to bring a man through calling and equipping Mm -hmm. to the final stages of him actually launching out and pastoring a church. Mm -hmm. That that, a a healthy Mm -hmm. local church has within it all the gifts necessary to see a man reared up to gospel ministry. And I know there's so much overlap here, and I'm like chomping at the bit, but Liberty Grove is one of our sister churches Mm -hmm. that recognizes that. Mm -hmm. Uh, There is no hesitation in them at all that Brock does not have a formal seminary degree. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's even an issue on the table, and here's why. To God be the glory, Mm -hmm. they know us. Mm Mm-hmm. They know me. They know you. They, uh, I'm friends with their pastor before he went to be with Jesus, and they know we're committed to the same things, and they know that seminary doesn't make a man of God. That's right. Local church does. Mm-hmm. And so when you hear Brock preach, there are men that have doctorate degrees that can't preach like Brock preaches mm-hmm. because he's all Theology is local church theology. The the local church owns theology. Mm-hmm. Local church is theology is the property mm-hmm. of the local church. Amen. God gave it to the church and not to the seminary. And mm-hmm. I'm not against seminaries. Right. I went there, mm-hmm. but um, it's our job to teach doctrine. It's our job to make disciples. Mm-hmm. It's our job to rear men up for the ministry. That's right. If we choose, and that's that's all it is. If we choose to allow by permission, Mm -hmm. a seminary to aid us in that process, that's fine and okay, and sometimes we do. But it's certainly not required. Mm -hmm. 
and it's certainly not a rite of passage. And it's always done, too, with very careful oversight. Yes. You know, even with Brock, for example, as he was here with us and we were giving him opportunities with a small group, we were giving him opportunities with counseling and coming into deacon's meeting and being a part of these things. And, of course, he was doing the work of an evangelist before any of us had to shepherd him in that. And turning in manuscripts of texts that he exegeted for us to evaluate. Before and after sermons. Before and after, and then sitting down with him and critiquing him. Exactly. And that's a painful process. It is, and some yeah, you're telling somebody that their baby's ugly sometimes. Yeah. yeah. But I was, you know, as we were going through that process too, you know, Brock would take a a theology class, or he yes. would take a church history class, systematic and, theology class, or and whatever. And he would sit down with me, and we would talk about, okay, well, this is this professor, this is what yes. you might want to expect here. Oh, yes. well, he's going to use this particular book. Well, this right. is something that you might want to keep in mind. He's a little jaded towards this, right? And, and so there was that oversight that was given there, lovingly, yep. not in a legal. Holistic, you yeah. know, hard-handed fashion, but yeah. it was sweet. I mean, I we mean, taught hermeneutics here, yeah. not only as they sat under your preaching, but we had a formal class where, we, you know. Expository preaching is hermeneutics, is exegesis, mm-hmm. is systematic theology, is church history, mm-hmm. is all the great yeah. <laughs> halls of our faith. Mm-hmm. All of those things are modeled through expository preaching yes and then to see it walked out in the halls of our church yep. i was talking with Derek melton on the phone this past week i so love him and i may not be able to quote him exactly he said something along the lines of there's a lot of guys in reform circles that have theological um understanding but very little theological practice that's right they can argue uh, very skillfully mm-hmm. a particular point you know, out to oblivion, but they have no practical experience to back it up. Exactly. And if you haven't actually walked theology theology out in the church, you really don't have theology. That's right. You've got theory. Mm -hmm. Um, The rubber meets the road at the local church uh, when you have to sit down with real people and real problems Mm -hmm. and walk through them with that. And Brock's had that. He has. Um, He's had it here. He's had it at Christ Baptist. And that's how you train a man mm-hmm. and rear a man up to gospel ministry. And I want to just pause here, brother. We have no script. We decided right, right before <laughs> we came over here that this is kind of the direction we were going. And of course, we've prayed about it beforehand a little bit. Mm-hmm. But I want to just say to any brother listening, if the Spirit of God within you cries out, yes, yes, and amen, and you think that's something that you would be interested in, you need to, you need to talk to us. Amen. You need to reach out to us. Mm-hmm. Um, if you choose to go the traditional seminary route, Godspeed. We Amen. love you. That's what I did. That's yep. what you did yep. to some degree. Mm-hmm. Of course, we didn't have healthy church back then, brother. That's right. We didn't have brothers helping us out. But um, maybe there's a brother out there listening that says, man, that's exactly what I want. Mm. That's exactly what I need. Um, we'd love to talk to you. Amen. And look at ways that we could uh, maybe help you like we've helped you know, Brock and others. Mm-hmm to uh, grasp actually how to pastor a church. That's right, yeah. How to actually do it. Seminary doesn't teach you how to pastor a church. That's right. They can't. No. They can't. It it just doesn't. It's not set up for that. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so we'd love to help a brother if he now let me just say i'm not speaking to the cocky and the arrogant you just stay right where you are yeah go ahead and get your, yeah you do whatever get you want to do and get your and, doctor but if you're humble <laughs> and you're broken and you're yeah. teachable mm-hmm. we're interested amen. but no other way amen well i was I'm, i wanted to really touch on that at first because when the foundations are there yes when those things are in place and they've been preached they've been taught and both churches now three churches are in agreement in that then what we experienced yesterday at an ordination council is not typical right so let's talk a little bit about first of all ordination councils and we're just using that word for lack of a better word right. council or questioning time sure um, uh, an examination process which by the way yesterday was just the tip of the iceberg yes that examination process has been going on with Brock for years. Five years plus. Easily. And, uh, but let's talk about, is that biblical? Okay. What we did yesterday with joining together with brothers in Christ that we're locked arms with doctrinally and in practice, 
Is what we did yesterday biblical? Well, let me say this, and then if I get off track, remind me of the biblical question. The okay. first thing I want to so that people understand what we did. Mm-hmm. The first thing we did was we uh, emailed Brock Mm -hmm. because he has been over there doing some interim fill-in pulpit supply type thing. So he's away from me uh, two and a half hours, you know, over in uh, Lawrenceburg area, Mm -hmm. Loretta. And uh, so I emailed him a theological questionnaire. Yep. And the only instructions I gave him was I do not want a doctoral dissertation. Mm -hmm. I don't want 70 pages, you know. I'm I'm dealing with lay people here. Mm -hmm. I want you to be succinct. That was my instructions to him. And, and by the way, that's a discipline preachers need to learn. They yes. need, need to learn how to take theological concepts and bring them down to where a uh, uh, plumber can understand them. Yep. You know, or it's, a, it's of no value. A child. Yeah. And so that was his only instruction. And I want to say he did an excellent he job. He did. And so he emailed that to me. And then without even reading it, because I'm not going to protect him. He's his, it's his answers. That's right. I turned around and I forwarded that email to you. Mm-hmm. Ryan, Brother David Brown, all of the deacons and leaders at Liberty Grove Baptist Church and all of the pastors and leaders at Shelbyville Mills Baptist Church. So everybody had it first glance just like me. Mm-hmm. And we all sit down and the instructions to all those men were you read it. Mm-hmm. And if there's any concerns you have, you highlight that, flag it. But we're going to spend the majority of our time, and that's what we did, 95% plus on First Timothy chapter 3 and Titus chapter 1. That's right. I assumed and, and gave the instruction to everybody in that ordination council that you're to read this questionnaire, but it's pretty much as is. Mm-hmm. He states what he believes, mm-hmm. and you should be able to read that, and then if there's a problem or and there was a few questions about it, but we spent the bulk. Yeah, we mm-hmm. spent the bulk of our time going over word by word First Timothy chapter three and, mm-hmm. and Titus one. I just wanted people to know in the backdrop. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't just having Brock there; it was having Ashley, his That's wife, right. there too. We examined her at all points, brother. Mm-hmm. You know, we would uh, ask her a question that would be a spinoff of one of the qualifications that we just had questioned him about. Mm-hmm. In regards to biblical cooperation among churches, and we'll dive into this maybe more in just a little bit, I would say further, too, that every man that was in that room was already vetted in that they were biblically qualified for their role, their position in the church. Exactly. uh, By their church, you know, the pastors, the deacons that were all in there. We're We're not just making a phone call to the local director of missions and saying, "Could you? We got an ordin- We got a guy called to preach. So bring the local yahoos from down the road and let's ask him some questions." That's always drove me crazy. <laughs> me it too. just makes no sense at all. It's ludicrous and insane mm-hmm. to just send a general invitation out to anybody in the community if you want to come examine this guy. Uh, no, um, th- this needs to be a people that uh, know him. Yes. People that know us, people that know what we stand for, know what our doctrine is. Uh, and so that's why it was the people that were yeah. here mm-hmm. uh, is because they have stake in this. They got skin in the game. Mm-hmm. And uh, they came in knowing who Brock is mm-hmm. and knowing Ashley and knowing him for a good while mm-hmm. and uh, being very well versed in what we believe uh, the Scripture teaches a healthy New Testament church to be. That's right. And so we started from there mm-hmm. and uh, were able to move forward. Now, back to your question, mm-hmm. you know, in the beginning there, um, is ordination biblical? Mm-hmm. Particularly the examination process. The examination, I guess we say. okay. Yeah. So you're specifically talking. And then we'll get into maybe the actual. The, okay. The, yeah. The ordination. I would say absolutely. Mm-hmm. And for, for this reason, um, 1 Timothy. Chapter 3, 1 through 8, obviously deals with elders. Uh, yes. 9 through 16 deals with deacons. So mm-hmm. last night we were in the first eight verses of First Timothy 3, and then Titus chapter 1, mm-hmm. all of it, mm-hmm. begs the question. Mm-hmm. It screams for an examination. Yes. So how do you then determine if a man is above reproach? Right. How do you determine if he's the husband of one wife? Manages his household. How, well. yeah. How, yeah. How do you how do you determine if he's not a brawler or mm. a striker or how do you determine if he has a good reputation toward those that are without? You know what I did last night. That's right. Mm-hmm. I invited mm-hmm. his employer that he's worked for for five years. Mm-hmm. 
a very committed member of our church, godly man, yep. Aaron Duggan. Mm-hmm. And uh, Aaron owns his own company, and Brock has worked for Aaron for five years. And I invited Aaron to be a part of the ordination council to fulfill that qualification, a good reputation toward them that are on the outside. Mm-hmm. And we questioned Aaron, is this guy honest? Mm-hmm. Does he show up for work on time? Is he lazy? Mm-hmm. Has he stolen anything from you? Mm-hmm. Has you had any customers complain about integrity or character? Brother, we laid it all out That's there. right. And um, so here would be my response to the biblical question. We have qualifications. Mm-hmm. There they are. Yeah. How do we meet that out? Right. How do we determine? You got to examine him. So you call it whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. Call it uh, examination time. Mm -hmm. Call it a question and answer time. We just chose to call it an ordination council. Mm -hmm. And in that time, we literally went line by line beyond his theological questionnaire to examine him as to his. qualifications Mm -hmm. does he meet those to occupy this office i don't know how else you do that and i like the way you started it off too you said these are not uh standards that he is supposed to strive for these are supposed to be there they're absolutes Mm -hmm. and and so you know uh we're calling him in to indeed make sure that he is scripturally qualified you know, for this office. Mm-hmm. And I guess I'd go back even a step further. I don't, you know, we need to keep going forward, but, and I would say that that examination process began the moment he came into this church yes. and, and made a profession of faith and was baptized. And, you know, then even from there on came to us and said, I believe I've got a call to preach on my, on my heart, on my life. And that process began. And I think of that even in terms of First Timothy chapter 3 and Titus chapter 1. Those are written to pastors of churches. Absolutely. They're going to be read publicly. Yes. And the people in those churches are going to be hearing those qualifications. And they're automatically looking at those men and starting to, that examination process is there. What we did last night, oh, it was wonderful. But what we did last night was was kind of the, the tip, the cream of the crop, the icing on the cake. It was the... Uh, the really the focusing of the lens of the examination that had already taken place. Yes. If he'd been looked at through a telescope before, last night he was looked at through a microscope maybe. And I want to go one step further because I know, brother, obviously we don't have notes and we're just kind of talking, and I love that. <laughs> but, you know, the traditional Southern Baptist Ordination Council is a joke. It's an absolute joke. It's a rubber stamp. I've been in a million of them, and they're a dime a dozen. And what they do is they schedule an ordination count, an ordination service. It's going to be on such and such day at such and such time. They go ahead and get the ordination certificate. They all get it printed. They get it signed. And a, gr- a, a group of men meet one hour. <laughs> now, you know I'm telling you the truth. It was, this is mine. Yeah. They meet one hour <laughs> before the ordination service that's already scheduled. All the guys... Family's invited. All of his aunts and uncles and cousins are invited. The church is invited. There's a meal scheduled for afterwards, some of which we're doing, sure. but they they do it. It's just a rubber stamp. They do it the day of. We're, we're holding the celebration portion of it like two weeks later. Well, wait a minute, brother. After the- <laughs> we examined him last night yeah. for a reason. Mm-hmm. It's two weeks plus removed yes. from his ordination uh date when he's supposed to be ordained and here's the reason Mm -hmm. if there was a problem yes if there was heresy discovered if there was uh something that his employee would have brought out or his wife or his wife would have said you know what we would have done last night what would we have done pump the brakes slam the brakes on and i would have went before this congregation this sunday and it would have been no big deal and i would have said to the church hey folks we're not ready we thought we are y'all forgive me Mm -hmm. but uh, we got a little bit more work to do here Mm -hmm. but the problem is let's just be honest we're going to dovetail this with cooperation yeah most southern baptist churches if the pastor did that he'd get fired yes He's got a, a constituency to placate. Mm-hmm. He's got a group in the church he's trying to keep happy. The fear of man brings a snare. Mm-hmm. And so what he does, rather than being a true man of God, mm-hmm. he jumps through all the little hoops and gives all the outward tokenism yep. as if he's orthodox, but it has no real teeth to it. That's right. 
And I believe our process has real teeth because you know as well as I do, brother, Mm -hmm. that if there would have been anything last night surfaced that rose to the level that caused pause or concern in our hearts, we would have pumped the brakes and said, no, we're not advancing forward until this is settled. Mm -hmm. Uh, One of the leaders from Liberty Grove came up to me last night and he said, man, I'm so thankful Mm -hmm. for the way y'all are doing this. Mm -hmm. He said, because this gives our church time and it gives y'all time for this to be a real process Mm -hmm. to make sure that, in fact, everything's in order and in line Mm -hmm. and that this brother is qualified to be our next pastor. And so that's, again, Mm -hmm. just – and let me tell you another thing. On February the 13th, Chris Landers – I've asked him to do this. I've, I've incorporated you in the service because you're a pastor. You need to be a part. I've incorporated Ryan in the service. He's a pastor. I want him to be a part. I've incorporated David Brown in the service. I've incorporated the chairman of the Liberty Grove deacon body. Mm-hmm. I've incorporated our deacon chair, Chris Landers. Mm-hmm. And Chris is going to read a formal statement mm. before the entire assembled body on the 13th that formally acknowledges how we have examined Brock Mm -hmm. and that he has been thoroughly uh, examined according to 1 Timothy 3 and Titus 1. Mm -hmm. And we, the pastors and deacons of Shelbyville Mills, of Christ Baptist, and Liberty Grove make a joint unanimous recommendation to Shelbyville Mills Baptist Church that we ordain Brock Kilburn, and then we'll take a formal vote Mm -hmm. because I'm a Congregationalist. I believe in the authority of the local church, and the church will speak its conscience, and they will, if they vote, that, by the way, if they vote that night not to ordain Brock Kilburn, you know what we're going to do? Slamming the brakes on Yeah. And if they vote to ordain him based upon our recommendation, and I can't imagine that they wouldn't because they trust their leadership, then we'll proceed forward with the service. But it's a real process. It is. And they've also watched Brock. Absolutely. So like I said, they've they've got – they know too. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Brock told me last night, and we don't take any joy in this at all. That's not what I mean. And Ashley told me the same thing. When they walked in, I said, how are you all doing? They said, we're very nervous. Hmm. And, you know, I – I'm not going to diminish that. I don't take glory in it. You know, I, I don't want to come across like, oh, this is threatening or whatever. But you know what? You should fear. Mm-hmm. These are holy things. It is. This is serious. Mm-hmm. Um, we're talking about, the Bible instructs me not to lay hands suddenly on any man so that I don't become a partaker of his That's sins. Sin, yeah. And he's when we send him out, he's a direct reflection of of are supposed to be of the glory of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. He's a direct reflection of the call of God. Mm-hmm. He's a direct reflection of Shelbyville Mills, our ministry, my ministry, uh, the Word of God. Mm-hmm. It, brother, it's, this is as serious as it gets. It is. That, there's, a, there's a certain level of that same fear that every pastor should still experience every time he mounts the pulpit. I do. Yeah. I remember when I was ordained, uh, you know, Brother Don uh, mm. Singleton charging me brother with the fear of the lord Mm. of how we're laying hands on you and we Mm. expect you to walk out of here and 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 walk circumspectly and upright Mm -hmm. and be a man of character and integrity and preach god's word Mm. faithfully and true to the text and i've never forgotten that Let's talk about a little bit about ordination. We've we've I mean we've gotten into the service and things like that. What does it mean to ordain a man? <clears throat> well, you know, this gets back to the biblical question, you know, and yeah. I understand that maybe the word ordain as it's now the word ordain there it is used, but I mean as we're using it here may yeah. not specifically be used, but it's not true of many things in the Bible. Yeah. Um and what I would say is that the event is there even if maybe Mm. the precise language is not there. Mm -hmm. And I was just thinking this morning in Acts chapter 13 Mm -hmm. when the Holy Spirit said, separate me, Paul and Barnabas, for the ministry that I've appointed them to. And the next thing you see is that the church laid hands on them, and it says they sent them away. So that's kind of the the pattern that we're following. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think it goes back a little bit to that, that, that whole idea of the charismatics totally botch it and get it wrong of binding and loosing. Yeah. You know, of in the context of church discipline, whatever you bind on earth, the way it reads, I have already bound in heaven. Mm-hmm. And what you loose on the earth, I've already loosed. What we see ourselves as this, we're not transferring any power to Brock. Mm-hmm. 
we're not conferring on him any, you know, uh, anointing or any, uh, you know, enabling. What we're doing is lining up with heaven. Mm -hmm. In ordination, we believe we're agreeing with what God has already purposed to do. Mm -hmm. It's obvious that God has saved this man. Everyone can see that. It's obvious that God has consecrated him and set him apart, which I believe is, you know, synonymous with ordination. Sure. And it's it's obvious that um, he's gifted. It's obvious that he's qualified. It's obvious that he married right. And by the way, what a godly wife. Mm -hmm. And now it's obvious that another church sees that and mm -hmm. affirms that and desires him to be their pastor and has requested ordination. Mm -hmm. So what I see us do is just saying through ordination, we agree with what God is obviously mm -hmm. doing. And here's what I would say. If you have a doubt about it, don't do it. Yeah. If it doesn't line up, don't do it. Don't feel like just because a guy, I hate this in Baptist churches, a guy announces to the church, hey, I'm called, y'all all bow down and now do what I want y'all to do. No, 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 no. Uh, mm. You've got a lot of proving ground here. That's right. We'll never fast track a guy to gospel ministry. It's just not going to happen. And by the way, that's why most guys go the other route, because they can get fast tracked. Yeah. And nobody's really looking at them real intently. Mm -hmm. That's right. But if you want to come through the channels of a healthy biblical local church, you're going to do it the way the elders and the pastors say to do it. Mm -hmm. You're going to do it under the scrutiny and the watchful eye of godly men that have walked with Jesus a lot longer than you have, mm -hmm. that need to be willing to, with a clear conscience, yeah. sign off on believing that you are, in fact, qualified. Mm -hmm. So all of that, I believe, is under that banner of ordination. Yeah. We're just simply saying we agree yeah. that the Holy Spirit has already set this guy aside, and we're falling in line with the head of the church mm -hmm. to agree that this man needs to be formally recognized as a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I think that's that's on the other side of that. That's part of the joy and celebration that Absolutely. we experienced last night where it, it did turn into a time of worship. It was. Because after the hard work is done, after the examination's done, and after, after it's very clear that yeah. all we're doing is just verbally recognizing what God's already said and done regarding Brock. Yeah. When you come into agreement with God, it's it's almost revival. <laughs> I've been in ordination councils, typical Southern Baptist ordination councils, where a guy would sit across the table from me examining a young man for gospel ministry. First of all, he wasn't a member of our church. He had no skin in the game at all. And I would know in my heart, this guy's not an inerrantist. This guy's sitting across the table from mm -hmm. me, and he doesn't believe in the inerrancy of Scripture. And we're letting this guy in here to be a part of this ordination council. Or, or I, I, you know, I, I know that I've said in ordination councils before, and across the table from me sat a man that believed that women's ordination was okay, that it was okay, it was okay for a woman to be a pastor, mm. or he waffled on some other, you know, foundational uh, thing that we hold dear and true. Uh, you, and how about this? I'd say in 99% of the cases of your traditional Southern Baptist ordination council, you're sitting across the table from men that have never practiced one case of church discipline in their entire ministry. Yeah. That That's not even a church. Mm -mm. And yet we, these, we're going to bring these guys in. Mm -hmm. What was so wonderful about yesterday yeah. was three churches from three totally different areas agreed on the main things. Yeah soteriology, mm -hmm. ecclesiology, inspiration and authority of Scripture, mm -hmm. sufficiency of Scripture. Uh, here were three churches that that all agreed on the main facets. You could say the nine marks of a healthy church, yeah. that all agreed on the major facets of what a healthy local New Testament church is and how it functions and operates, not just in theory, mm -hmm. but actually are walking it out and have paid the price. Mm -hmm. Brother, it was like drinking out of a fire hydrant. <laughs> we were all on the same page. Yeah. We were lock arms. And here's the wonderful thing about it. You said it on the way over here. Brock's going to be able to go into a church and not have to have his guard up. Yes. And from day one, fight, 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 just to attain some level of biblical normalcy. Yeah. He can go in from day one because he's following a 20-year-plus expositor mm -hmm. and build on that solid foundation mm -hmm. that's already been laid. Mm -hmm. And, brother, I want to say one other thing, but don't mm -hmm. say it, I'll forget. And I don't mean this arrogantly, but if a church out there, just a nominal Southern Baptist church, calls me up one day 
and I'll just use Brock as an example, and they say, hey, man, we've heard this guy's been saved, and it's obvious God has his hand on him, and, uh, you know, we're interested in him being our pastor. You know what I'm going to say to him? Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, we're not interested. Right. You do not have my permission. Mm-hmm. Why would I right. take a man that I've invested my life in mm-hmm. and poured my life into and send him into your church, which, by the way, the 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 – the three men and two token women mm-hmm. that you have on your pulpit committee yep. don't even represent the church. Y'all are going to tell my pastoral candidate one thing, and then when he gets into your church, he's going to discover y'all lied to him, mm-hmm. and it, y'all haven't even accurately represented what your church is. And now he's going to have to dig out of a hole mm-hmm. for 10 or 15 years if he even survives it. Right. Because, no, sir. No, no, no way. Mm-mm. And I'll bow my knee to God's sovereignty. But, 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 brother, here's what I'm going to try to do: mm-hmm. is partner with churches that want mm-hmm. a biblical pastor, that want expository preaching. That maybe they're not everywhere they need to be. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's some things lacking, but at least they're headed in that direction. Mm-hmm. Why would we even consider that? That is not biblical cooperation. That's the dysfunction that drove me away from the Southern Baptist Convention. And that's something that we long for. Absolutely. I believe in cooperation. I do too. Let me just qualify. I believe in real Mm -hmm. cooperation, not the political hokey pokey phony stuff, which uh, tokenism, Brother Jeff Noblet calls it, where we hold up a token outward sign of orthodoxy, but we have no intent whatsoever Mm -hmm. to walk it out. I'm done with that. I'm done. I've said it before. It's not unity at all costs, but it's unity that came at a cost. That is not cooperation, brother. It can't be. It's feigned Mm -hmm. cooperation. It's It's not real. Yeah. I was on our way up here. I pulled out my old Baptist faith and message. I keep it in my Bible. Which I love. Yeah, I do too. With all my heart. Article 14 on cooperation, the last half of their last sentence that's in there, talking about cooperation and how it's desirable between various Christian denominations. Listen to this. And when such cooperation involves no violation of conscience or compromise of loyalty to Christ and his word as revealed in the New Testament, I agree with that 100%. But I never saw it in the sentence. I didn't ever see it either. All I ever heard was guys heap guilt on me of how we just needed to stay in and fix it. Mm -hmm. We just need to stay in because there's a lot of good going on. Mm -hmm. We just need to stay in because, you know, we're sending missionaries all over the world. Well, here's what I'd say. And I know there's some good ones out there. Mm -hmm. But, okay, which church? I'd like to know which church they came out of. I'd like to know who their pastor is. I'd like to know what his doctrinal formations are. Because... What like begets like, yeah. and for and for you to tell me we're in cooperation and we're sending missionaries out that we might not even let teach Sunday school in our church, and I don't mean that arrogantly. Sure, that's not cooperation. That's right. It's a facade, mm-hmm. and and so what I long for and I'm striving for imperfectly is to partner with churches that are at least headed in a direction of biblical health. That's right. That are not playing games and not playing politics and mm-hmm. not keeping up outward appearances. Mm-hmm but are actually striving to, here's the, here's the deal, apply yeah. the truth mm-hmm. in our churches. Mm-hmm. And that's where our churches are failing is an application of truth. We, yeah. we say one thing. I would say it this way. Our theology doesn't guide our methodology. Hmm. We say this is our theology, but in, and in practice we do this, this, and this. Mm-hmm. I'm tired of that. Yeah. Amen. I, I'm done with that. And uh, it, look, if a brother's only got three or four of the uh, healthy marks of a church in his, but he's striving. Yeah, that's the. I'm going to work with. I'll him. work with him. I'll work with him. I'll partner with him. But when you got these guys out here and they're just it's politics and they're just playing games and they're keeping the hot air balloon blown up and they're keeping their eye on the next church to go to and keeping their resume clean and keeping their nose clean and leaving at the strategic point before something blows up so they don't have a black mark on their resume. Done. If I have to violate my conscience or the word of God to be able to cooperate with him, that's compromise. Well, you just read that statement yeah. from the Article 14 that yeah. says we can't violate our conscience and we can't violate our fidelity to the word of God. Yeah. And that's why I'm partnering. And I would just say this. Again, <clears throat> I appealed earlier to mm-hmm. a young man that might be sensing the call to ministry. 
if he's humble and broken and he truly wants to be taught, we'll teach him. That's right. And I would just say to any brother out there listening that when you get good and tired and ready of fake cooperation, and I'm trying to be as broken about this as I can, yeah. but when you get good and sick and tired like I did of fake cooperation, mm-hmm. and you, you, you're you really seriously looking for genuine cooperation that's built upon the Word of God actually being applied in the local church, look up Anchored in Truth Amen. if you're really serious about it. Not that we're perfect and have all the answers, but I would say this, we're imperfectly striving to be biblical cooperating churches. Mm -hmm. And so put your money where your mouth is. If you really do, if if cooperation is a Baptist hallmark, Mm -hmm. and it is Mm -hmm. one that I'm deeply committed to, then then why don't we have real cooperation? Mm -hmm. Then let's make it real. Let's make it biblical. Let's make it according to truth. And when we ordain a man, when we send a man out, let's make sure that he's thoroughly equipped and taught and that he's also meets the qualifications uh, for his office and that we hopefully are, are sending him to pastor a church that wants and desires and strives mm-hmm. to be a biblically healthy church. Yeah. This was something I've always longed for. Me too. And desired and while I've experienced it as being a member here and now uh, doing so much work with Anchored in Truth and with missionaries, personalized, strategic world missions, and I had never experienced it on that level of pastoral ordination until yesterday. I've seen it in a deacon level as well, which has been wonderful. But yesterday was like the holy ground. Yeah, I guess for me, brother, you know, it just uh, was liberating and freeing to finally just say, you know what, with no duplicity, mm-hmm. I'm going uh, in the direction of true cooperation with all my heart. And we just threw all of our support behind Anchored in Truth. Mm-hmm. Anchored in Truth not perfect because I work with it, and that messes <laughs> it up. But uh, it's got a lot of good and godly men in there that are striving to uh, build their churches on the Word of God. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's there's a lot of guys out there that are listening to me right now that I would just appeal to and say, mm-hmm. you know, how many more precious years are you going to uh, mm-hmm. spend longing for something that's right in front of you? Mm-hmm. And if you truly do long for true biblical cooperation and you really do truly long to be a part of planting biblical pastors and biblical mission work and doing biblical church plants, Mm -hmm. you're kind of without excuse. Mm -hmm. For years, I didn't have anything to go to. Now we do. Mm -hmm. Now we've got Anchored in Truth. Now we've got a missions sending, uh, church planting, uh, partnership of churches that are committed to all the things that we say we're committed to. It's time to join in. Amen. It's time to be a part. And so I appeal to any brother out there listening that, hey, your day of opportunity is right in front of you. That's right. If it's true, if that's truly what you want, if you truly yearn for and long for biblical cooperation, then come out of the closet. Yeah, yeah come on. <laughs> and and get over the fear, mm-hmm. uh, and and say, you know what, I'm going to join with a group of like-minded brothers and like-minded churches. Amen, amen. And we're it's here, exciting. We're here with open arms. Absolutely. You know, uh, we'll thank the Lord for that. Well, like I said, yesterday was just a time I know for all of us of worship, and then to be able to go and to be able to, uh, you know, experience the worship service after that, sitting under the preaching of the Word yesterday, and Second yeah. Chronicles seven fourteen was just sweet and rich, and and I thought it would be certainly worthy of our time to be able to share that today, and we have. You know what I wish a brother would do. I wish a brother would call me up on the phone today and kind of back to the, I think it was the JFK statement, don't ask what your country can do for you, but ask what you can do for your country. If, mm-hmm. Am I right on that? Was that JFK? I that's got it, yeah. And I would I would turn that toward the kingdom. I would turn that toward, toward the church. I would mm-hmm. turn that toward this podcast today. And to any brother listening, I'd say, brother, if, if you're serious, don't ask what can Anchored in Truth do for me, mm-hmm. but ask what can you do for Anchored in Truth. Mm-hmm. And, and, and when I say that, I mean for the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Don't, don't come to us, you know, with it all one-sided, mm. at like a sponge. 
call us up and say, hey, brother, how could I get plugged in? Amen. How could I? We want to be a part. We want to energetically, enthusiastically jump on board. Mm-hmm. I think some of the guys that get disillusioned with Anchored in Truth, and, I, and I've talked to several brothers that I love that kind of have gotten disillusioned with it and don't understand what we're doing, but I think they came at it wrong. I think they came at it looking for what kind of it would benefit them yeah. rather than saying, I want to roll my sleeves. That's what I love about Jason Johns. Yeah. Every time I'm around Jason Johns, it's like he he's just rolled his sleeve up and said, "Hey, I, guys, I want to do. I want to help y'all with this." Yeah. And we say, "Well, praise God, take off." Amen. And and uh, you know he he just has been energetic and enthusiastic about. And then there's some guys that come, and because Brother Steve doesn't call them every week. Mm. Or Brother Jono doesn't send them a personal signed card once a month. They get poochy-lipped and say, well, it ain't working for me, you know. Mm. That's the wrong attitude. They want their flesh pet. Look, if <laughs> if Steve McAllister never calls me again or Jeff Noblet never calls me again, that, that, that's not why I'm in this. Right. I'm in this for the glory of God. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to lead my church to be aggressively, energetically involved and I've met these brothers. I've gotten to know mm-hmm. uh, these brothers all over the states and all over the world. We're mm-hmm. on a first-name basis. They've been in my home. I've been in their home. They they know my kids. I know their kids. Yeah. I've adopted them. Mm-hmm. I've adopted them in my heart. I've held them up before our church. They are our missionaries. Yeah. They are our church plants, not mm-hmm. anchored in truths any longer. Mm-hmm. They've become ours. We've taken. That's what we mean by personalized, strategic world missions. Mm-hmm. And so I would just say, if that appeals to any brother out there, mm-hmm. hey, the sky's the limit. Amen. It's wide open before you. I hope that makes your heart leap. Amen. Kayla and I were on the way to Gatlinburg, Tennessee years ago, and I had a cassette player. That's back when cassettes. And I popped in a cassette of Jeff Noblet preaching about personalized strategic world missions, and my heart yeah. caught on fire, mm-hmm. and I've never gotten over it. He hasn't had to fan the flame. He hasn't had to prop me up. Yeah. He hasn't had to burp me. <laughs> he, When he preached that message, I was done. Yeah. I knew then this is exactly what I believe. I've always believed missions was the ownership of the church. Mm-hmm. I've always believed making preachers was the business of the church. I've mm-hmm. always believed separating men for the gospel ministry was the work of the church. Now, how can I get involved? Yeah. And the rest is history. Mm-hmm. And if there's any man out there listening that has that heart, I just double dog dare you to jump in. Mm-hmm. A good way to start would be to come True to the Church True Church Conference. Conference coming up very soon, February fourteenth, fifteenth, sixteenth, I believe. You could walk out of that conference, brother, with forty-five or fifty new pastor friends for life mm-hmm. that you could be close with and have fellowship with, and it be intimate fellowship that's based on truth and not politics. That's right. <laughs> I was wrong on my dates there, guys. That's uh, February the uh, 17th, 18th, and 19th, and 20th. But the following week, too, we're going to have our World Impact Conference here, our missions conference here. And you can kind of get that to a smaller degree here, too. So the weekend after that would be uh, February the 25th, 6th, and 7th. I long for biblical cooperation. So any guy that wants it, man, the door's wide open. If you need help getting there, give us a holler. That's what we're here for. Yeah. That's why we're here. Well, brother, this has been a really good conversation. I hope it'll be helpful and edifying, especially to guys that are longing for the same things that we are. And uh, maybe there's a guy out there, too, that's got a guy in their church that uh, they're ready to set apart for uh, script for preach, for the ministry of the church. And you know what it all grows out of, brother? 33 in my case, 40-plus in Brother Jeff's, verse by verse, line mm-hmm. upon line, book by book, expository preaching. Mm-hmm. That's how we got here. Yeah. Uh, we didn't get here through a conference or reading a book mm-hmm. or going to uh, the latest, uh, you know, spin on being missional. Mm-hmm. We got here through week in, week out, unromantic, mm-hmm. unglamorous, grunt work of preaching God's word, mm-hmm. precept upon precept, and line upon line. Mm-hmm. It is important how you get to where you get. It is. It's important that you get there the right way, and when you get there through the through the door of the Word of God, it you, it won't be something that Satan can steal away, or you get offended over, or you don't get the right praise or pats on the back. You you know when you get there through expository preaching, you're hooked. Yeah. You're there for life. That's right. 
And that's what Brother Brock is getting to go into. Exactly. Uh, after 20-plus years, the foundation's been laid. Brother Jeff's paid the price. Yep. Uh, and we're so thankful for uh, his preaching ministry there. And I would just say this, Brother. I know we're just kind of shotgun today. <laughs> but truthfully, man, and, and again, God's sovereign. God can violate anything because he's Lord. Hmm. The only thing I don't think he can violate is his word. <laughs> mm-hmm. But um, So the Lord can do whatever he wants to do. But wouldn't you at least agree with me that it would glorify God more mm-hmm. if when I die as the pastor here or I become unable to perform my duties that I have raised up right. the guy yeah. that will replace me or or at least there's half a dozen they can draw from or right. maybe more than a dozen? Yeah, uh, Brother, there, you, Ryan, that, Ryan there, there's several men in our church, even some deacons right. that could successfully pastor this church right now hmm. because they've been taught the word. Right. And it's been walked out in front of them and they know what to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm not saying this will always be the case. You know, God can do whatever he chooses. But oh, for the day mm-hmm. that our churches were so mature that they didn't have to form a silly pulpit committee with three men and two token women <clears throat> and go out and, um, you know, roll the Russian roulette gun of finding the next pastor and it not being a graph that takes and they have a church split and the rest is history. Yeah. Oh, that we could raise up a man within the church that already knows the doctrine, mm-hmm. already knows the people, yeah. already knows the practice, and that he could just step right into that position and it could be seamless yeah. and the church could continue to grow in grace. Mm. Isn't, don't you think that glorifies think God more than, mm-hmm. than religious roulette? That's right. It's sweet. It's sweet and... and for a man who's called, that's what he would long for, I would think, yeah. you know, to be able to go in on those shoulders of giants of guys that have gone before. I mean, I, like I told Brock yesterday, I mean, you're, you're going, the hard preaching of the word, I told him, has already softened the hearts of these men. Now all Absolutely. you got to do is go in and just love them. <laughs> you know, it's the whole idea that I believe it was Paul talked about, you're building on another man's foundation. Take heed how mm-hmm. you build on it. Amen. And uh, he's stepping onto sacred ground. This has been a battle-tested warrior, Jeff mm-hmm. Putnam. Praise God. And uh, Brock has the privilege of standing on his shoulders and others. Yeah. What an opportunity. And it's rare. It is rare. <laughs> it's rare. But, uh, yep. well, it's been a good conversation, brother. And uh, thank you for sitting down and talking with me again. And for all of our listeners out there, thank you guys so much mm-hmm. for uh, listening in. And thank you so much for feedback. Just uh, wanted to let you know again, we love you so much. Brother John, you got any final words to say? Man, I'm good. (laughs) Praise the Lord. Our tummies are starting to growl, so we may have to go grab some lunch here in a few minutes. But if you have questions or comments, please feel free to email me at at brojo at smbconline.com. And uh, we look forward to hearing from you and maybe even meeting some of you guys at the coming conference. I think that website is www.cloudymind.com <laughs> yeah. on Monday morning. <laughs> Brother, I, I've had COVID twice, I so I don't know. It's Monday, man. <laughs> it is. It is. Well, we love you all so much. Thank you for listening in. Thank you for listening to the Faithful Expositor. For more information on Brother Giano's ministry, go to our church website, smbconline.com, and follow him on Twitter at Giano Sims. Thank you.